Howdy, y'all! Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. We're in Montana again. This is uh, our second podcast from Montana in the last few months. Uh, we're out here for the Fly Fishing Film Tour. On Saturday night, our film, Dan's Pain, uh, screened at the festival. It was amazing. We had a great time. But while I was in Bozeman, I caught up with some of my uh, my boys that I make these uh, films with, Ben Meadows and George Constantine. We sat down in the uh, hotel room right before my flight out of Bozeman, and we caught up on uh, on these international fly fishing trips we've taken together and uh, the films that we're, we're making. You know, we've come a long way with these over the last three or four years, and we're starting to get out there, starting to get to see them on the big screen. We're having a really good time, and uh, a really good time making them, and uh, the people are enjoying them, too. So uh, I, I thought that catching up with, with those two guys uh, who are extremely talented storytellers and are building a really cool company, Dorsal Outdoors, I, I thought that sitting down with them would would be a really exciting time, and I think it was. Uh, so here it is. Uh, you guys enjoy my chat with Ben Meadows, George Constantine. We're doing the podcast. Yeah. Like, I mean, think, think about it. Like, th- that that is probably the first American, you know, who's been killed with his guide in that country, maybe, ever. ever. And then, like, I know we were talking about, so a lot of guys go to Sinaloa to do bass fishing. Mm-hmm. And, like, Dan was saying, it's pretty routine that, like, those guys get kidnapped. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, they're, they're, they they have a ton of money on them, and they're going into the Sinaloa outback. Like, where's that? Uh, drug country of Mexico. Western uh, coast of Mexico, right? Yeah. So, Sinaloa, Sinaloa, and they'll just take an American and and try to get his money from him, and then maybe some money from his family to let him go. That's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a lucrative business. So. Well, when are we going there? <laughs> Stop. Um, and my, police was just a straight up like fucking drive by, like a cold cold murder. They pulled up on yeah, another fish well, and it, came into a cove and just shocking story. It was a hu- It was the biggest deterrent to Belizean tourism in a long time. In a long right? time. All right, we got to we got we got to talk about. We got to talk about Mario then, our our guide yeah. from uh, Belize in what year? 2018? 2018. 2018. When we were down there, he was a little off. You know, there was something a little little dodgy about him. I, th- I mm. believe the three of us were on a boat with him. Mm-hmm. He, he was a little aloof. That was the thing. Like he was not kind of kind of detached. Yeah, uh, as, as guides go. And then he was found murdered in a lagoon a year after we fished with him. Yeah. What the doctor was it or a dentist? It was a doctor from from Virginia. Yeah. And he was down there with his family. Mm -hmm. And just went out for a one day tour. Yeah. He went out for for one day with Mario. And then Mario got rolled up on on by another boat, right? Mm -hmm. And they killed Mario and they killed Mm -hmm. the doctor. Mm -hmm. They found Mario in the boat. They found the doctor floating in the lagoon. Mm -hmm. It's tragic, man. It's tragic. And it happened like. Ran- randomly yeah and i think i think that's w- one of the things you can take away from that is uh all travel is unsafe and so you know hide in your room and cry in the fetal position or <laughs> you know just take take for granted that there's just a lot of things that are outside your control yeah um, and i'm not saying that's cool or okay i'm just saying that like the it's such a shocking story and it's so random like you you really can't like and i think that's what the the news struggled to put their their thumb on is like how and why and they still haven't figured out how and why it just yeah. was random i mean it's it would be like rolling through a, a big city in, in um the u.s and catching a stray bullet i mean we we have a family friend who caught a stray bullet in the leg really right and, and it was just someone shooting in the air but 
the bullet came down at the right velocity at the right time through the car window and hit him in the leg. <laughs> like awful. Yeah. It's terrible luck. Yeah. But I mean, it's like the same point. Like it's not as bad a luck as getting hit in the head with it though. <laughs> that, that would be There's far worse, worse luck. Yeah. Yeah. That would be terrible luck. And from um, the country we didn't expect, you know, we've been to a lot of sketchier places I feel like. And mm-hmm. the one, you know, honeymoon chill easy island is the one that that shit happens at pretty scary but yeah and and belize has always kind of fought that that danger right that the 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 tourism um kind of reputation they're they're an english-speaking country in central america they have a they have a a extra special seat at the table for tourism because right. uh people want to go there because not only is it a, a natural wonder of the world but it's very easy to travel there so no they have to protect their travel image and it, it is a I think a remarkably safe place. I mean, I, I've. Would you there. go back to San Pedro right now? Fish yeah. with the same. Yeah, I would. I would. Um, would but, your wife want you to go? She'd probably go with me. Hmm. Yeah, but but the thing that would be different is that we also know that like there's also cooler places in Belize to go. So I, I wouldn't go to. I would. Oh, this is gonna be a double negative. I would not not go to San San Pedro for safety reasons. I wouldn't right. go because there's cooler places to go. Really. Uh-huh. So on that 2018 trip, when you guys went to, or when we all went to, to San Pedro and fished off of the, uh, Ambergris key, you guys had did like a, a, a few days before that, right. And like Hopkins Belize. Yeah. And we, we did a trio. I'm actually very proud of that trip. It was logistically intensive. Um, but what we were trying to do is, you know, the first film that we put together, um, and like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was running a, a cannon that, uh, uh, did not have any, uh, different frame speeds only shot in 30 frames per second. Yeah. No matter You're what shooting on like a DSLR or something. Yeah, I, was, I was shooting on a picture camera. Um, and, um, but we had the idea of like, uh, we wanted to craft a trip that kind of represented the, the three ideals of what we do when we plan trips. And I know that sounds kind of hokey and, and, and no, uh, it sounds motivated though. That's good. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we've tried. So we like every trip we go into and we're like, we want to, we have adventure, we want to experience culture. Um, and then of course we want to have good fishing. And mm-hmm. so like, um, that trip, we went off, uh, to an atoll in the middle of nowhere, which was, which was sporty to say the least. Yeah. What's an atoll? <laughs> I hear it a lot, but Pass I don't it to know. my geography. Uh, uh, oh yeah. I'll take Georgia. <laughs> Actually, there's only let's see. I think there's four, if I'm not mistaken, on uh, this side of the world, this hemisphere. But it's essentially just uh, a volcanic island that gets formed from coral reef, right? Not volcanic. Mm-hmm. Just no, it's, it's a toll means that it's coral on coral on coral on coral that literally has grown up and formed an island and then collapsed on itself, and then so it makes that ring, right? So, so you makes, got the yeah. perfect circle mm-hmm. in some places you see, and it's just a sheer drop off on both sides. So you got super deep water just kind of upwelling up to this tiny little you know reef on the side, and then a little goon in the middle. So places mm-hmm. like the Seychelles, you're thinking about you know essentially the same thing, but. There's only a few of them on this side of the world, so Glover's is one of them, and uh, Turnoff Atoll, which people probably hear about, but Glover's is a little more remote, but super cool place. <laughs> so, Glover's Atoll, there's like, there's like lodging on it, right? Houses. Yeah, there's a little shack. How do you put houses on coral reef? Uh, well, the better question is, these are overwater bungalows, uh-huh. and like you're 30 miles from the mainland, so. Did you take a barge out there and a bunch of construction? I mean, it's it's impressive. I don't know. I mean, Great place to take your wife. So, and we took four dudes. So, you know. <laughs> hey, it was time. magical. <laughs> it actually was. Like, but it, really, it was, like, did they was, drive posts down into the coral? They, they, they've got to. Because yeah. um, they're not floating. No, they're not floating. And, and like, they're a little leaned on the side. <laughs> I think after a hurricane, they got real resituated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
but yeah but yeah so it's anyways we we yeah we went out to glovers because we wanted to do something adventurous and it was it was um we caught some really cool bonefish out there um it looked beautiful i didn't get to make that part of the trip but i think my favorite drone shot i've yeah. ever seen was from glovers atoll yeah and it's and, beautiful and if you look at like any projects uh that are done in belize um and you see that really intense drone stuff, you can almost bet that it was that it was Glovers. Really? Um, because it's just that, that drop-off. It's just because you get that dark um, Caribbean purple-blue, right? Mm. And then you have the ring of, you know, uh, turquoise from from the, the, the breakers. And then there's that kind of mottled, like, uh, uh, tan coral. And I mean, it's just gorgeous. And you're just like, yeah, when 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 uh, our, our friend Tommy was running the drone and he came back, he's like, I think I got some good stuff. And I remember, like, watching it on my laptop. I'm like, well, this, this is... I just want to watch this all day. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. It's Belize is a beautiful part of the world. I'm glad you guys got me, got me down there. Cause I never would have known, but I'll be honest. The Mario thing scared me and yes, I'll still go back. Okay. I was, I was like, is it, is it present tense or past tense? I mean, it's, it's scary. It's yeah. scary. I mean, I think, I think we were, we had just gotten back from Columbia in 2019 mm-hmm. when we had, when we heard about Mario, we had been back for like a week or something yeah, like that. I was, I was on vacation with, uh, with my wife's family. And so really? it was on uh, international news. It was all I, over the news. And they're, they're, they're like, oh, did you, did, is this near where you were fishing? And I was like, <laughs> major face palm. I'm like, try, I fished with him? Yeah. On that boat? Yeah. On that exact boat? And I guess, I mean, my wife is a saint because she kind of turned pale and then she just kind of shook her head like, eh, you know. Yeah, of I mean, course, you go through all that. So could have been me, kind of. Yeah, and like and those, are, those are real conversations. Like those are real conversations. Like, hey, that could have been you. Like, are we, are we, are you doing things that are actually safe? And and what I've come to terms with the Mario story is that it was really tragically like unlucky. Yeah. Um, I mean, just I mean, think think about the if uh, the, I, that 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 the guy who booked him, right? He didn't do anything wrong. No, the guy, I, the, the doctor who was on the boat with yeah, him. Yeah, he didn't yeah. do anything wrong. I mean, what if he got in a stomach bug the day before? It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It, you know, it, what if he had booked a snorkeling tour the day that day? It wouldn't have happened. And I think when you start doing that, you you, I guess if I'm thinking like more mechanically, if you're putting yourself in risky situations and risky things can happen to you, and we. You know that's happened to us, and so we, George and I, have to, when we plan these trips, we have to think a lot about balancing risk and reward. Yeah. What I look at the Mario story is that there was no like the 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 guide, sorry, the 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 angler didn't take on a huge amount of risk. Right. It just was re- like like really again, bad luck. Yeah. It's, I keep on going back to the straight bullet analogy because, I mean, hell, you're you're when you're driving around in Knoxville or Birmingham, Alabama or Atlanta, people drive on the wrong side of the road and hit you. Like it, there's just, I don't know if that's where the, 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 you want to have an esoteric conversation about life right now <laughs> uh, in the relation to fishing. But there is just that, that reality that like nothing in life is safe. Right. Um, and so if you can be comfortable with the risk, like, you know, you can make four choices, but like, you know, I mean, Lord, Lord, Lord bless if that, that happened to me, but you know, I would hope that people are like, God, Ben and George were being so dumb and reckless right. going to Belize. It'd be like, look, it's one of the safest places in yeah. the Caribbean. Like they just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just bad, bad luck. luck. You guys have done how many of these international fly fishing trips together? Georgie boy, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell me how did Man. these come up? You guys have done like, is it, is it 13 now or 14? It's I think 14. We're, we're up to 15. I'm, I'm, yeah, because I'm, you guys have done, you I'm guys still, have done I'm still one. counting Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'll call that. 
go to hell COVID. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the year that the year that you guys couldn't travel internationally because of COVID. We were, we were going to try, but um, it was the, so f- between the first and second surges before we started giving these things, you know, before we had a vaccine, before we had a vaccine and before we had Greek letters, um, yeah. we were booked to go to the Yucatan and um, basically the, the airport we were flying into uh, enforced a lockdown and we we're like, mm. okay, I guess done. we can't go. Done. It was like a week before, right? Well, a week before. So yeah. how, how did these start? Because you guys have been going on these every single year um, with the, you know, COVID year. You, you did a, you did a, a, a stateside trip, um, <laughs> but you guys have made a, you guys have made a, a point of making sure that you do these DIY international fly fishing trips every year. How did it all start, George? Oh, man. Yeah, it was literally back in college. Um, I invited Benny here down for uh, a party at my fraternity, actually. Yeah. I was a, I was a freshman at the time, deep in the old... At Samford? Uh, Alabama, actually. Tuscaloosa. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I was deep in the old pledge ship game there. Just, you know, mine not in the right place. But I was like, hey, come on down for a party, Ben. Let's do it. And he's like, yeah, I'll come down and see you. So he came down. And uh, it was, you know, well into the night after several cold beers. And uh, we just started talking about fishing, you know. And he was like, you know, let's go somewhere cool. I was like, yeah, why can't we go somewhere just awesome? You know, why can't we go somewhere that's just like, I don't know, we can catch, you know, mahi, we can catch tarpon, we can catch tuna, we can catch, you know, bonefish, roosters, everything. And he was like, well, you know, I just don't know that we can find that. And I was like, well, what if we went out of the country? He was like, we could do that. And I was like, we could. He was like, yeah. <laughs> I've been to Belize before. I was like, how old were you guys? 18? 18 years old. Yeah. Well, wow. it was 2008. It was, uh, kind of made a bet that night and he was like you know what i was like if you let's let's do it you know those drunk bets you make right and the next day you're like wait did i just promise something i shouldn't have did he hold you to it oh sure he did. <laughs> oh that's why i'm so annoying i don't go away i'm a mosquito man he, he so the is. next morning i was like well one you know you know we're overserved but then he's like quiet be quiet i'm like no no, no we're going to belize it's happening and i was like ah yeah so then we uh Put together literally a PowerPoint presentation. Oh gosh! Presented it to our parents, making the case of why two dumbass eighteen-year-olds could go fly fishing internationally. Well, we we drugged two other kids into it. Oh yeah! So we had to do the the pitch to to some other parents. Yes. So you guys were going on this uh, like outside sales tour to these different parents. Yeah, <laughs> popping up a laptop in people's kitchen. Can we have five minutes of your time, ma'am? Thank you. Uh, you, the, you know the hardest sell was your dad. Oh yeah! It like we were able to get other. Like there was one kid who was like graduating high school, he was like a rising senior, uh, like a graduating senior when he was going, yeah. mm-hmm. and he was he, his parents were an easy sell. Like I was just like, look, here's the safety, here's the 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 safety record of Belize, here's you know English speaking, here's the cost, here's what we're doing, here's how we'll have connectivity. Like this is back in flip, flip phone, you know times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but George's dad. Was the tough not one? having it? He's just, you know, he sees a scaredy cat about some things. He just doesn't like the idea of, you know, venturing out because he's done, he hasn't done much of it himself, right? So he's just like, well, shit, why can't y'all go down to the Florida Keys? I was like, here we go. Uh, the entire week we're spinning down there costs the same as one day fishing in the Keyswood. He was like, well, okay. <laughs> Is that why you guys picked Belize? Because it was affordable? The cost was definitely a big factor, I think, in our early years. About yeah, when you're 18 years old, that sure. matters a lot. Well, and so this was this was the depth of the recession. Um, or like we were coming out of the recession, let me say that. And so flights were really cheap. So the mm. flight was uh, $200. 221 221 that's right. From, from where? From Atlanta? From Birmingham to Belize. From Birmingham to Belize for $220. Did we drive to Atlanta or did we fly out of Birmingham? 
We did do it out of Atlanta. So we got a direct out of it. I forgot about that. Yeah. We would do that too. Like where it still was more cost efficient somehow to drive over to Atlanta and like mm-hmm. maybe even find a hotel for the night and then fly out. So wow. we did some, some interesting things in the early years. No so, doubt. But you had to do some convincing. Yes. The, pa- yeah. the parents, the yeah. girlfriends, whatever. Yeah. They're the, your dad was not having it. And then again, like it kind of goes back to our earlier conversation of balancing risk and reward. Yeah. And, and from his, Are you eyes, his only son, George. Yeah. I got, I got one sister. She's 13 months older, but she's uh, probably more cautious than he is. So okay. I mean, being the guy that's like, Hey, I'm going to go out of the country fishing. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Just had to, you know, yeah. He's probably protective over that, that yeah. you yeah. know, here's boy, man. <laughs> well, and you, and you look at it, right. To, to give him a little credit, right. You, but what is a Belize? What is that? Like, it, it just looks like it's in Mexico and isn't that drug country? Isn't that where cartels are from? Right. And it's like, right. I mean, yeah, technically it touches Mexico, but that's not, that's not Belize's vibe. It's the unknown. So. People don't know like where you're talking about. They just automatically assume, like you said, like, oh, that's, that's a sketchy place, right? Because it's not what I know. It's the fear of the unknown. But when you go, we talked about it. It's probably sketchy to stay in our hometowns and it is good in all these places. Mm-hmm. Up at, so. Yeah. So you, you you scraped. Did you guys pay for these yourself, or did you get your parents to pay for it? How do you do this when you're oh, 18 gosh. years old? No, dude. You, you look. If your parents don't want you to go because it's risky, they're sure as hell not going to pay for it. <laughs> what was uh, what was our first business? Fresh air landscaping. Fresh air landscaping. landscaping. Yeah. You guys want to click the link in the bio? Let us know. Swipe up. <laughs> swipe up for fresh air landscaping. Uh, yeah. No man. We 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 did a lot of uh, landscape hustling. So um, uh, we built uh, for that trip. It may have actually been the the former no for the first trip we all kind of cobbled together some of like you know some of the money you take to college right yeah you save here and there so we torched those savings on the first trip then and then we won't get into the details on the second trip the second trip was actually way harder to plan because like everybody thought it was a one-off and so like what do you what do you mean you're going again and we were going to trinidad and tobago for um, the second one the second one and it was going to be really we had to be cost effective and but for that one uh we started building rock porches so like big flagstone rocks mm. uh, making a patio and then fire fire pits and so you guys were were doing land hustling landscaping gigs and whatever yeah. you could do just during the, the cash during the summer to scrape together cash. cash money we worked jobs in the summertime and then like christmas break when we come up from college we worked yeah. at joseph a bank actually really yeah just you know oh hustling. man i could see you at jose banks man just flipping suits on the side God, measuring my inseam george no. Ooh, i get up in there watch yourself <laughs> wow no commission either you know we were just working straight <laughs> hourly straight, hourly, straight minimum wage and we're like you know what if this is how we get to belize let's do it yeah so you could you so you could work you know uh uh winter and buy your flight right with the winter money mm. and then in the summer save enough to have fishing money um but the first couple of trips were really bare bones um you man, know man the, i've seen some footage from them and you guys look like babies because well, we were <laughs> like i mean you're, you're you're looking at me and i'm i'm approaching the middle part of the, my 30s uh, that footage you've seen that was me at 18 yeah uh i didn't have facial hair back then <laughs> digital cameras i haven't i haven't trimmed my beard in years for that reason because i don't want to go back has it been hard to like grow up and not and like and you know get older you, you have real jobs you, you make time to do this and not just time but like is there still that that uh kind of vestige of being thrifty on these yeah trips like do you, do you do that as you know as kind of an homage to the early ones so it's because <laughs> you, you guys it, 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 you know that would be funny like to to to, to you know raise a glass to our, our former years i think some of the, the stuff uh we, we we you know we don't drive to atlanta to save 30 dollars on a flight now yeah like we 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 
there are risks and costs that we we pay attention to now like mm-hmm. you know if we we'll pay a little more not to fly american airlines because as you saw this past year <laughs> that was garbage yeah they, they, they treat you like garbage they just canceled um, canceled our flights for no reason yeah swipe up for american airlines Basura. um <laughs> but uh no I, for me it's the way i'm hardwired mm. I, I it's not that i'm looking for a deal it's more of like you're I'm, always looking for a deal don't lie. no i'm looking <laughs> to get the most out of our money is that your is that why you went into economics I, apparently is, is that i just see everything in cost and benefits and so yeah had to go get a damn phd in it because i couldn't let go of it it makes yeah. a hell of a spreadsheet i will say that uh, everybody's yeah. like so what's the cost i'm like uh ben can you send this to the group uh I and then i'll have 14 options and you're like ben one option show them one option they can't yeah. handle this right now. does this include beer prices no it does not no it doesn't okay. <laughs> roman <laughs> oh. <laughs> um but you ended up on a PJ this year, didn't you? Didn't you have to get a private jet so, to Columbia? Sub- because subtract the private, <laughs> subtract the jet. And the J. <laughs> replace with charter junkie. Oh, really? Propeller plane. And yeah, oh, PJ, okay. same thing. <laughs> yeah. I took a 1980 Cessna over the Columbian mountains and uh, lost about three years of my life and sprouted some gray hairs. Really? Oh, yeah. Was dude. it nerve wracking? It was gnarly. Um, really? So, like, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's it, nerve wracking on a commercial flight right right <laughs> um yeah and uh, one of my one of my weird um burdens of the past couple of years that I'm, I'm kind of open about is i've i've developed flight anxiety i just mm. don't love flying um and so i'm working on it and fun, fun fact uh, here are medical advances you can either take xanax on the plane or you go do uh eight flights in a day and, and just get over it like that's 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 our medical discussion like those are your options to get over flight anxiety so um what i found very I don't know. Hilarious is like all the past trips that I've had have had something just bonkers uh, with flights involved. Really? And so that past this past year, yeah. So American Airlines canceled our flights. Um, I was from des- the states, right? From the states. Yeah. Um, we got transferred to JetBlue that got us into the country because we had an expiring COVID test. Mm. Like it wasn't that I just was dying to get to the wild coast of Columbia to hang out with you guys. You had you, a, know, you had a PCR test that was, was burning. Yeah. Right. Like it was a 96 hour like burning period. And so if I did not get through customs in time and then actually the, the passport guy gave me lip, he was like, dude, you're cutting this close. <laughs> and uh, he said that in Spanish. I was like, am I going to jail? Like I, I didn't know like how to register that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so anyway, so I got in there and I was like, well, if I'm here, I'm going to get to the coast and the, the commercial flights from Medellin, which is like the big city in Colombia to Bahia Solano, which is where we were staying. Um, we're all done for the day. And, and yeah, as, as we all know, uh, our lodge manager pulled some strings, found a local tour company. And <laughs> I mean, dude, you could write this thing out of a movie. Cause I walked out on the tarmac because we, we've done all this work with WhatsApp. Y'all were up late at night at the lodge, like hammering out details, trying to get us down there. And uh, we walk on the tarmac in Medellin because you walk to the planes in Medellin. And so I'm walking and there's this this twin turboprop plane, kind of like what we would fly out there. And like, it's a larger plane. I was like, okay, this, dang, all right, I got a good charter flight. And then like hidden behind it is your- Dude, I kid you not, it's like a, it's like a movie. Like you pan left and it's like a womp womp. Uh, you see that big ass mansion? Yeah, with a hut house next to it. <laughs> Open up the window. It's a little fucked up. So climb through. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened because me and Kai were like, yeah, look at that plane. Look at that. Oh, 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 no. It's brown and white, a little peeling paint, mm. probably older than I am. And I was like, man, this plane's got some stories and I, I don't want to know them. Um, and so literally the thing was so, uh, 
so slow. It was like, um, it felt like driving, I don't know, like a really old car that hadn't been tuned up. Like really? it just didn't have a lot of juice. Do you have any trust at all in this air, in this aircraft or this pilot? Um, well, I mean, so I scouted the pilot and uh, he was a he businessman. Had, he was a businessman. He, he, he had like nicer jewelry than I had. And, uh, he, you know, he's running an iPad and some other things. I had an Apple watch. And so, you know, and there's all that thing with flight anxiety. You kind of, you go, you know what? I bet the pilot doesn't want to die today either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, I did start having when we got over the mountain. So you're when you're flying from Medellin to the coast, you cross this huge mountain expanse, and then like what looks like the Amazon River, and then another set of mountains. And when we crossed the the river, I looked down and I was like, man, if we went down, I I, I think this guy could land it. Like he could just kind of like glide the Cessna into the mm. water, we'd be safe. I was like, but then we're gonna get kidnapped. <laughs> oh yeah, because you're in the jungle. We're in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> I was like. I don't like how this is playing out. What am I doing right now? So it's like an, uh, it's like lost. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to peel back all these onions right now, coming back to the idea of like there, there's risky things in trips, that's a risk. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a risk where you're like, you're in control. You know, you could have waited an extra day and, and like, did you would have lost a day of fishing though from your five day fishing trip? Two, right. I would have yeah, lost two three day fishing. It would have been a three day fishing trip. And the only good day, the only good day of fishing I would have, right. I would have missed. So risk versus anyways. reward. Yeah. And that's so, yeah, if you want to peel that all the way back, you, you balance risk rewards. And then, you know, for me, I try to go through and, and when we budget these things out, like, is everybody getting the best thing, um, bang for the buck that, mm. that they can? That's, a, that's really important to me because we're, so we are at a stage now where we, we don't have to be as cheap, but we have to be thrifty with our time, right? Mm. Like we all have families, we all have jobs. Um, and it doesn't make sense to, um, take risk in, th- in the fishing or the fun or the travel that's going to either ruin the trip or delay the trip or you know like you you're we're there are some corners we're not willing to cut anymore because uh it can ruin the whole point of it and and i think our, our buddy dan once said he's like i think there will be a point where we will spend a lot more money on these trips because our our time is more valuable than our money yeah yeah um, and to get the most out of it right because we used to i mean book a hotel room for like five guys and everybody just sleep on the damn floor and we mm-hmm. wake up you know after two hours of sleep feeling like absolute ass and didn't, the first two days of the trip are just i won't say ruined but definitely affected by just feeling yeah. terrible you know starting yeah. the trip off so we start finding ways not to cut corners but hey let's start the trip off at least decent and then um you get more out of it i feel like so mm. yeah. little things like that yeah, so that that's a, that's been a pivot recently, and and I think you've gotten to enjoy that, right? We've we stayed at nicer accommodations, um, you know. I think we've 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 always appreciated local knowledge uh, and, and local folks, um, but now it's it's on a more um, important note, like like um, like Louisa from from uh, Makana Eco Hotel in in Columbia, who like we adore their operation, like we we feel like family when we're there. Yeah, you want those kind of people associated with your trips because when things go wrong. Because mm-hmm. they always do, you've got someone who who knows the person to call, you know, who can get you a, a yeah. Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we are um, we're in Bozeman, Montana, right now. It's cool. There's a lot of snow. You like it? I do like it. It's a very cool city. Have you guys been here before? Never, man. I'm in love. There's good coffee. There's gluten free beer. So I have celiac Dude. disease. So like being able to go to a bar and say I would like a beer. Yeah, that's just such a cool phrase. I think the girls are pretty attractive here too. He likes the coffee. I kind of like the the girls. You like the ladies, the the ski bum ladies. (laughs) Everyone listening to the podcast right now is like, okay, so one of them's married, and I hope the other one isn't. (laughs) Which one is it though? (laughs) Yeah, I hope your wife doesn't hear this, George. (laughs) 
But we're looking at, I mean, we're sitting in your hotel room Dude, and man, there's, there's four a, feet of snow just hanging out right yeah, there. Yeah, just beautiful sunrise going on out here. It's God's country, man. It's Dude, pretty, man. It's awesome. I, I, I've, everybody out here, they're like, you've got to come back in the summer. I was like, I think I do. You do. Yeah. I was it's here awesome. last summer and it was marvelous. Spot on. Yeah. My buddy's got a raft too. So we got to, oh, we got to drift man. the upper Madison. It's beautiful, oh, man. That whole man. canyon. So pretty up here, and uh, they don't want anybody else to come. <laughs> really, I mean, f- to live here. I mean, you know, they're they're. I think they're happy with the tourism from ski season yeah. and and you know the fly fishing industry, everything Dude, this side of Yellowstone. But they are. Uh, it's expensive here. Yeah. Uh, they're not. They're and they're not. I mean, it's like they're fighting. You know, expansion a lot. I think <laughs> they don't want to be the next Denver. Yeah, I don't blame them. Mm. They did legalize weed this year, January 1st, full hey, full yo. recreational That's in okay. Montana. So they're, they they might see what Denver did right after they did that. <laughs> right after Colorado did it, They'll the city quick. like tripled in size. <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully Denver took the brunt of that. But this is so beautiful out here, man. And mm-hmm. and we um we came out for the for the fly fishing film festival because this is kind of the the stop. I mean, this is the first one that they've done this year, right? For the F three T. I think you want to redo that. It's fly fishing film tour. What did I say? Fly fishing film festival. Oh, the fly fishing film. We've been telling F three T. Yeah, we we've been telling people in in town that we're at a festival because that's what they can like get their head oh, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah the F three T fly fishing film tour. Yeah, sorry to go legal on your ass. <laughs> I don't want to fact checking. <laughs> don't want to. Don't want to get it mixed up with anything else. <laughs> exactly. So the Bozeman is the is the, is this is the first stop on the on the F3T fly fishing film tour. So it's kind of I, I explain it like the Daytona 500. Like it's the first. <laughs> it's the it's the big stop and it starts the season <laughs> off right. And then these films that that um, that we've been making the last few years. We um, the one that's in this year, Dan's Pain. It's really great. Turned out awesome, by the way. But uh, I thought it was kind of a fan favorite last night. Seemed like it at the show. Uh, you know, uh, as a as a um, what, what do I call myself? What, what, when what, I said what, director on the thing. Uh, <laughs> that's so, from the screen. Okay. Yeah. So, so as, a, as a film director, that sounds super bougie. When in yeah. reality, it's you, like you need a cigarette and a and a you know scarf. Direct now. direct hole. Yeah. You're not uh, you're not tour. I have never, so I've gotten to watch these things with y'all, right? When we edit them and like, hey, what, what can we do to make this better? Like, so with Dan's pain, George and I were in the car to Louisiana. So for five hours, we kind of talked about how we can make the current film more punchy and how you could really feel like the loss that Dan felt in, in fishing. Yeah. Like, don't get it twisted. This, this story is not about actual loss. It's just about sucking at fishing. Um, <laughs> but, but. You don't know how it hits to someone who's never seen it before. Mm. And and I will say, I actually did not workshop this thing a lot. Remember with former films, we would ping it off of people who haven't seen it before. Mm. With this one, it was kind of banging already. And like I'm not saying like it was perfect. I was just like, I know where the story arc's going. I just need to get out of the way. Let's just let the story do itself. And so because of that, I never got to like get feedback. And so last night, we're sitting in the theater and I was not ready. So the first showing, I start getting the, like nasty pit sweats. <laughs> I start sh- not shaking, but just I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. Oh, crap. Like I have to watch, a, you know, hundreds of people watch this film and like, are they going to like it? And like the great thing is there's not a pretty bow on it. There's parts of that film that I thought were very funny and nobody laughed at. Mm, like I, I agree. There was there was a couple one liners in there that had always made me giggle when I was editing, mm-hmm. and it was just you could hear a pin drop, and I was like, 
Ouch. But then there were laughs in other places that yeah. I didn't expect. Yeah. And, and I think it's just, you know, I think there's a couple things going, right? There's culturally some stuff going on. We, we, you know, it's an Alabama, an Alabamian lead. And, you know, you're, you've got a Tennessee producer here. And, and so there are Southern jokes and Southernisms, I think, that are just funny to other people that were just like, that's not funny to us. Oh, so, so they're laughing at, at us. At us. Exactly. Not with us is what exactly. you're saying. Um, well, it's hard to get a character to like come to life in what, eight minutes and you got to get him the first two. Yeah. And nobody knows Dan. Like we, we know he's our friend, so we get it immediately, but getting the audience to actually come around to be like, Hey, okay, this is Dan. He was probably the most sympathetic character in the whole tour. Yeah. I thought humble and real. I would say, I mean, yeah. he's just straight on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, you see it quickly. And, and I think people were caught off guard. They were not ready for a film that where, where someone was like, Hey, come laugh at me. Like, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in on the joke. Yeah. Everybody's so guarded and yeah. not willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And Dan's especially just, in this industry, everybody wants to look cool, man. Yeah. Be a hero. And that's yeah. why Dan, I think it's just the self deprecating part of it. Yeah. I mean, we, hey, we love the dude already, right? Cause we get to go fishing with him every year. He is a right. He is a fun person to be around and and it's really like the thing that that we don't get to tell in the film is dan is like a deeply kind person would do anything short off his back kind right. of guy um but i don't think yeah i don't think people were ready for that they were not ready for a lead who was like here the joke is on me come on and laugh at me because about the first half of the film there's no laughs and i'm like guys come on you can laugh at him like he's he's trying to like let you know that he's like He's amped about a trip, but he's not a hero. Yeah. And no one's laughing. And then then the come apart in the film, you know, that's when people were like, oh. Like, I, that's I think, me. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, he, when he domes himself in the back of the head with a fly, like that audible gasp and laugh last night, I was like, that was a, the, the big moment for me. It was yeah. like, was when, when I heard like a large majority of the audience start laughing and then they, you know, kind of got rolling. I was like, okay, we, we did something special here. Well, it's a big, like that, that moment in the film and, I urge people to see it. If they, they, the only way to see it right now is the the F three T, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you, if you, yeah. So we'll do a quick, quick little plug there. So they can they can uh, link up with the F three T's tour. So if you go to uh, flyfilmtour.com, um, you can see if there's any stops around you, and you can go see it. And that's actually the best way to do it. Go see it with people. Go have a beer. Yeah. Go watch it. But it will be uh, released um, virtually, I think in March, they're doing, okay. a, they're doing a, um, a fast tour this year. So they're doing, I think January through March, and then it'll be virtual and then it'll be released, um, uh, via outside's uh, platform. Out, um, outside is the outside uh, plus outside TV. It, and that's a publication, right? Yeah. It's the mag. Well, it's a magazine. It's an OTT now. And it, and it, gotcha. it envelops, you know, skiing, snowboarding, all the adventure sports into one platform and then mm. fly fishing is, is up under there. Um, so no, there, there, there's, you know, if people really want to see dance pain here in a couple months, they, they can definitely do it. Okay. Um, the, what I was getting at with, with that is to piggyback on what you were saying about people, you know, getting into that moment, laughing at the right, at the right time when he hits himself in the back of the head with that fly is it's actually like a brilliant tension release for a, for a film. And, and you see it all the time. Like you have to have conflict to, to make a, to make a film happen and to make people care. And then it just, it, it's just a swell that happens in the first half of the film where you're squirming, man, you're feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. this guy, he's unbelievably candid in yeah. the, in the, in the film. And it's just like, you get a little squirmy wondering, you know, I mean, there's fish everywhere. Is he going to land one? Is he yeah. going to land yeah. one? And then you have this, like this absolute come apart moment, but it's like, it, it, it's just, it's brilliant filmmaking, man. You did a great job telling the story, I think. And it, it really, um, 
it really has all the right pieces and the right arc in place. And I commend you guys for, for putting that story together because it's not the story I would have told from Columbia from yeah. our trip. And, and, but it, it turned out better than anything I think I could have <laughs> thought of, thought of. But dude, that's, that's the thing about authentic storytelling is that we, we didn't cut the story, the, the story really? told itself. We, we, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be like an esoteric, like, um, startup guru. Right. But I think there is some, some nuggets of wisdom. There's that if you have a good story, get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Let the, let the story drive. We did a lot of massaging with this one, but the story arc never changed. Yeah. It was always about like good guy, Dan, he is. And like, in what well, we, we originally pitched the film as it, like, the dude actually does have terrible luck. So like we've been to Louisiana before and he's gotten skunked where everybody else, like <clears throat> me and George caught really big redfish and mm -hmm. Dan went home with nothing. And so we thought that would be a fun story arc is like following Dan around like the globe as he just, you know, gets hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. Um, <laughs> and, and in the end, once we, we, we kind of ping some of the guys at the fly film tour who were really kind and, and giving with their time. Um, some of the guys at, at, uh, Sims, um, Paul Nicoletti um, uh, and then and Nick Jones at Costa were really given with their time mm -hmm. um, to kind of give it. And they were like, look, I, I see what y'all are doing, trying to follow Dan's pain around the world. He's like, just just show us the pain in Colombia because that's what I want to see. And I really? was like, yeah. And so we went back home, cut it, stripped it down, and we like just let the Louisiana footage, you know, evoke that Dan can catch fish. Mm. Like he, it is a possibility. Yeah. It's rare, but it's yeah. possibility. Yeah. Um, and then just let the let the Colombia stuff ride out. But but that's that was the driving force from the story. It was just like just let the, like get out of what get out of the way. Let Dan tell the story. And and that's where you know a big shout out to him is that he didn't take a lot of prompting on this. We just sat him in front of a camera and I was just like, Hey, like, tell me about Columbia. And he like put, looks, looks down on the ground. He's like, okay. So Columbia <laughs> and just like relives his pain and he's a wonderful storyteller. He, yeah. re he really, really is. And so when, when you think I'm not trying to like discredit what we've done, um, but just a lot of great things went our way. One, him watching some shots in Columbia. Watching him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hooking the back of your head multiple yeah. times. Yeah, that helps. That's good for film. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, um, him just being willing to be a vulnerable character, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's very rare um, in a like a non heavy film. Right. To be vulnerable about something that like there's a little machismo. Right. It's fly fishing. It's it's fishing. I, I catch the big one. And and Dan's like, no, <laughs> I'm ready to get hurt. About it. <laughs> I'm ready to get hurt. I thought it was really I thought it was really well received and it and it resonated with everybody because there's a little bit of self-deprecation when you go out and get skunked and have a bad day on the yeah. on the water it's like man why do i even do this why does yeah. this happen yeah. so it's nice to see that somebody you watch, it's, you watch, it's nice to see that archetype yeah. like take take uh, a shape in a film it's just so much more relatable i feel like because you watch some of these you know all films from all across and then people go and you're like oh, okay so i pull up to belize i catch a grand slam catch a huge permit on the last day of the last hour the reality the situation is that's just not it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's every, that's every film. It seems like. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to show the real side of it, I think. And uh, yeah, Dan, like you said, the best character to show that just real authentic and the most humble dude ever. Yeah, great guy. Why? Whose idea was it to start making these films on your trips? Cause you guys were doing the trips anyway. Right. It, so it, why'd you guys want to start documenting it and telling these stories? We've made three or four of them now, right? We, we made a bunch. Um, so George drug me to a couple of F3T events oh. uh, back in the day. And so it was very cool. Like I, I've, uh, 
I've already always had an eye towards film. Even as a kid, I just never mm. had the gumption or even try. Like everybody dreams of like making a movie or whatever. And so, you know, I thought about that as a kid and never picked it back up. Um, I guess when we started, when we went to Columbia our very first time, so that was not when there was, there's not a film involved at all. The, the, the landscape and the fishing was so stunning. We were like, we have to when start running this? videos. So this 2017? First trip, yeah. Okay, so this was like you guys had been doing these international trips for nine years at that point. Yeah, so that that would have been true. Yeah, trip nine we went, and so again using that Canon seventy D, flipped it over to the video movie mode, and um, because we just it, it was like being nap, uh, dropped into a Nat Geo like set. It was just like there was dolphins, there was tuna, there was mountains, there was parrots, there were. I mean, we were just like we have to, like I, I love taking pictures on our trips to like take, yeah. take memories home. Um, to make really, books out of like that one you yeah, gave me, yeah, which yeah, I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and like as a random plug, like one thing that I got convinced of, I think when we were 18, we, we saw eye to eye on it. So we were like, look, you can accumulate a bunch of stuff. You can put all the shit in your garage you want. But the only thing that I have found on this earth that appreciates in value over time is memories. Mm. You know, your car breaks down, your, your house always breaks. Like everything we have are depreciating assets. Yeah. Entropy, right? Everything yeah, is, yeah, is kind of, yeah. It, and so I learned very, very young that memories tend to appreciate it's, it's this weird thing. All the things that you get really frustrated about in traveling, like canceled flights, this and that, like all that stuff you forget about within a couple of years. And, but then these, these kind of diamonds of memories get, get mm. left behind and, and you get to hold on to those and they get sweeter and sweeter after every year. And so I was like, that's where I want to invest my money is, is, is in memories. And so, um, you know, I try to do that with my, with my young family now. So, so that's why you started taking the trips to begin with is yeah. because you, you, you saw the capital of, of making memories. Right. Yeah. But then is that also why you started documenting them is to, you know, make, make yeah, them because, be cause, deeper. Cause my brain couldn't hold all the memories. There was just so much cool stuff going on. And so I think it was 2018. Um, George and I went to a, another F3T thing. Um, it was in Birmingham. So it was a very small thing. We was at a barbecue restaurant. Mm. There's these cool films and, and you know, what, what George and I have is a kind of a very fun relationship where we bounce really zany brain ideas off each other. Like he found Columbia out of, out of a hat, like Google maps. Yeah, and he was like, dude, worth. dude, can we go here? And I'm like, uh, I, uh, let's figure it out. And so then I came to him. I was like, Hey, what if we made a film about our 10th trip? Like it's a round number. It, it's kind of an accomplishment, right? To do 10 years in a row with, with weddings and babies and all these things in between. Like we, we should, I don't know if memorialize it is the way I would put it, but we, it was an opportunity. I saw it as an opportunity of a story that was impactful and personal for us that we thought people might want to listen to. We, mm. we, we always, we do when we, when we're at a bar, we bump into people, um, they ask us about our next trip or we, you know, what are we doing? And, and we thought, well, a film might be a great way to communicate the, the things we've learned and the stories we want to tell. And, and so then through our friend, Tommy, who knew you, he was like, you know, Hey, you know, if we went to Belize this year, would you go, you know, with these, this ragtag group of guys, Ben Fields, would you go with us? And you're like, ah, like what, 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 like, what do I have to pay? And I was like, well, I got, got your, got your lodging. Cause you're going to shack up with us. The food's dirt cheap. So let's, um, let's get your flight and get you down there, man. And, uh, and so that was, that was where the film started, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah. I remember I got that text one day and, and like mad props to Brian Allen, who I showed the text to, I was like, Hey, can I, 
go down here and make a film for a week. And he was like, hell yeah, man, have fun. <laughs> you know? That's a good leader. <laughs> that is a good leader. But it's kind of come to, you know, it's, 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 it, we've made great, you know, we, we've done this a number of times now. Um, so I'm glad that you guys got me, got me involved in this. I, I think that one of the things about our first trip together and the first film that we made, um, and you guys have alluded to it already, like how, how the, our process has kind of changed. Like, you talked about how Dan's story kind of wrote itself. Mm-hmm. Like we went down to Belize with a very specific story we wanted to tell. We went with a script, didn't we? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah I think we went with like a script outline. Did not play out. No, <laughs> yeah. it didn't play out anywhere close. And then we, we had something a little softer yeah. for our second t- trip to Colombia, which there was, also there, didn't. There was still a script. There was still a script for that one. Yeah. And it just like, it, yeah. It and, yeah. and that's why, that's why when, you know, during the Q and a last night, when they had us on stage at the, at the, at the, uh, uh, the film tour stop, uh, he asked me like, what do you have to say about the film? And I was like, we didn't take a story with us this time. Like, yeah. and, and it, it ended up being probably the best, you know, the, the best one we've done. Play it as it lasts. And, 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 yeah. I, and I wonder yeah. when we try for the next, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're earning the right to do that more often. Mm. Look, look at folks who want to partner up in a film and be like, look, I can't tell you what the conflict arc is and what the resolution is because it hasn't happened. Yeah. Well, you, I think you're getting trust. <laughs> you're yeah. you're yeah. building yeah. trust with these people who are helping you make the films like, yeah. or these companies like Costa, right? Mm-hmm. Reddington was one of them, which is a fly, uh, uh, fly rod manufacturer yep. other, other stuff like that. Uh, and then, um, Poncho, Poncho, who've been really supportive of our of our of our work, sure. um, which is it's been really awesome to to grow with these brands, get to know them. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're like the first ask is a little weird. Like, hey, yeah, you know, they here here's our book of work. Nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust us. Um, well, it's interesting. You guys just started this whole like filmmaking endeavor in 2018, and you know, four years later, you're working for some of the biggest brands in the outdoor space. It's pretty cool, man. You've done uh, the hard work. Both you, of you guys have. You, you you look in the mirror some days and you're just like, what? How did this happen? How did this happen? Where am I? And like, there's there are sentences sentences that leave my mouth that sound ridiculous. Like I'm talking to my wife about something, and I'm like, what? You know? Yeah. Like George and I, you know, we used to penny pinch to like so like the first pair of Costas I ever wore, like. I, I was penny pinching and in the end, like I got, got them as a graduation present and they were like my pride and joy. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're sending boxes full of them to your house <laughs> to, to give away to the crew. <laughs> That's not where I was going. I was more saying over there, I have a coasted duffel bag and it is a little bit of kind of a, a sentimental thing of like, this is really cool to go from someone who is like very like, you know, aspirational about it to like, oh my gosh, like we've, we've been, we had a, film sponsored by coast to your point who the hell am i yeah you gotta i mean you have to take a step back sometimes and like look at the big picture realize okay what's actually happening here and you gotta appreciate it and ben's guilty of this on fishing trips right we used to go on these trips and he's he's pinching time and everything and i'm like dude take a step back we're in one of the prettiest places on this earth and like you're just kicking your ass to wake up at five in the morning to like maybe go (laughs) see one tailor like i get it like we're here to fish but do you know where you're at? Enjoy yourself. He's like, you know what? You're right. This is we're in a pretty cool place, and I kind of have the same philosophy with what's going on now. It's like take a step back and appreciate. Like, hey, this is actually super cool. It's I, fun. S- I saw a big uh, I saw a big change in in Ben's demeanor. I, I felt like he grew a little bit. Our first trip to Colombia, you remember that uh, that 
house up on the on the countryside in Medellin that oh, we yeah. stayed at yeah. up on the mountain the second night. Ben had this plan about how we were going to go have whiskey and cigars on the patio while sun while the sun set over Medellin, <laughs> and then we ended up getting up that hill that was brutal i thought the car was gonna explode Dude, while our taxi 45 degree grade like yeah nine, straight 9, up 200 feet i think yeah was way it up there. 9200 yeah, feet of elevation and it and it was like you know ben had this plan for our night but it was like we've got one chance to, to get out to get back out and like our drivers here if we want to go eat dinner yeah. like we need to get the go. car if right you want to eat dinner like it's done yeah. yeah yeah but but i have seen like uh like you guys have just in the short time that I've known you, like I've, I've seen that this has become a little bit easier for you guys to get down there and go on these trips and, 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 and make these and tell these stories that you're telling. It seems like you're really coming into it and you've, you know, George has kind of moved into, you know, like, it seems like an advisory, like creative role where you have, you're, you're getting dirty with your hands in the camera all, all day. You're editing, which is, which you I'm, love, right? Which I love. <laughs> I love that you edit because <laughs> I don't have to. Um, but you pick that up so quick, and it's like everybody's kind of everybody's kind of moved into their roles, and and it seems like the product is really, um, really gone up in 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 quality since you guys have started to settle into, you know, these, these different roles in your company. Yeah. You know? And then I think the settling is a, is a great word because we are, we are settling into, you know, what kind of films we can make, what mm. kind of films we want to make and the characters that we want to get excited about. Um, you know, the two of our films that we've made that didn't get where we wanted them to be. It's because we, we tried too hard. Yeah. Like, like we, we, we put the, 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 the thrust first or the, the energy first, but the story came second and, mm. and, um, or like with the Belize one, the, 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 the one that you, the first one we worked on, it, it was a learning process. It, I th yeah. I still want to tell that story. I think that story deserves to be told. I think a lot of people need to hear that story. Um, but we, we really forced it. And what, what should have happened. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, George, he should have gone to Glover. Ben should, should have gone to Glover's with us on the first half, caught, caught the first half. And then in Ambergris, we could have gone some done the ticky tacky stuff. Yeah. Um, and you would have loved Glover's more than Ambergris anyways. Well, I didn't um, get to go, um, to Glover's cause it was a, you know, it was a long trip. Yeah. 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 It's a really long trip, but, um, I'm I'm kicking myself because that stuff is some of the best stuff you guys got on the trip, and I wasn't even there. Like yeah. half the film, I wasn't even there for. Yeah. <laughs> All you the good stuff. The fish disappeared. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> yeah, probably so. But but so, like you're saying, like like settling into okay, these are the stories that resonate that we're excited about. I mean, I've just I've noticed um, that the cart piece you and I worked on, mm -hmm. um, the the story about Tommy and his uncle and 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 Dan's film they all seem in my opinion to edit themselves right yeah. you get a good storyline you get mm -hmm. a good interview and all the footage just it just drops oh, in you're not just, having to force stuff yeah, uh -uh. yeah. and, and I, I think when we set out being you know insecure about our, our filmmaking yeah. abilities probably yeah. there was there was this idea of like oh just go and let things happen kind of felt kind of hacky maybe yeah like like we weren't doing the work or like we didn't know what we were doing if yeah. we didn't you, you, you've got you got to come across, across more professional than that yeah and, and and sure i think there's some inertia involved right that, that we you know we, we get to be in the room because we have some inertia but also i think like uh, i think like 
we do a lot of other things very professionally. And so the fact that we're like the story hook is unwritten is, is fine because everything else is, is very professional mm. deadlines, all those kind of things that we're right. really respectful about. I think that's really a big deal for, for George. And I don't know for you, like we always want to be hyper professional and hyper like on the ball. We don't want to be just like throwing things out of the last second. We, um, yeah, we've, we've heard some horror, horror stories uh, about about this kind of thing. And so all that to say, I, th- I think it's earned us the right to to be like, uh, I mean, I think I was talking, talking about it last night about like, you know, our next projects. And I was like, I don't I don't want to write the hook anymore because mm. the, 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 the trip will write the hook for you, mm. you know? So. Yeah. What, what is the next story? I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> Do we know? That's so we've, we've got two stories. Well, you know, if we, if we talk too much on here, field, someone can scoop us. So I don't know, man. <laughs> Giving away these genius yeah, ideas. Come on, man. <laughs> no, we we've we've got two stories that we're really excited about this year. It's like bigger projects, right? We're yeah. all hands on deck, which is those are the fun ones. We'll do a lot of short ones too, but um, one is about a local bass species. We'll, yeah. we'll keep it at that. Um, that you they, guys have at home. Mm-hmm. Found home. nowhere else in the world. Really, and and we want to give it some love. There's, there's, there, I need to, we give a lot of institutional credit. There are folks who have really been working hard to try to promote this species, mm. um, because it's again as as a, a econ guy, I, I feel like if you you to pr- to protect and preserve something, you have to value it, and if nobody knows what it is, they don't value it. And so, what they're trying to do right now is a big awareness project for the species, and mm. and films would be a great way to do it. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're scoping that one out right now. We're really excited because we're rediscovering our, our own home water. Yeah, it's which, been in our backyard all these years, and we just have, I mean, we touched it, but not really dived into it like we should. And it's such a unique, cool area, species, everything. It's just a really cool thing that I think we shed some light on. Like you said, it'd be super cool to show that to the world. And then, uh, you know, obviously there's some water issues too that kind of go and in, in, in evolve with that. But uh, Conservation efforts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely uh, some, some cool opportunities there we're excited about. Um, and then the second project that we still are working on tightening up, yeah. um, it, it is it is this vibe of, of wanting to inspire people. Um, just telling George and I story of like, hey, here's two ramshackle 18-year-olds who 15 years later – are still doing it. And I think the the continuity of that story is impactful. Um, you know, the, the, I want to peel the light. I, I think with that story, and, and we've tried to tell this before, but I think we, we, we now have the, the inertia to tell it right. Mm. Um, peeling back some of the layers, not a how to film, right? Not, not a like, you know, step one, step two, step three, but just showing like, you can if, do it. You can do it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt like all the stuff we've worked on together, we started down that rabbit hole on, on a lot of them, like wanting to be inspirational and wanting to show people that you don't have to spend $15,000 to go to Kamchatka yeah, you yeah. Know, to fish. Like you can, you can buy a $221 flight from, you yeah. know, because people see it like, Oh, you're going to Belize must be nice. Yeah. You it's know, like, well, you nice, could do it. I'm like, you hey, could too. Like, literally you're probably spending more, you know, in wherever you're at this weekend than we're on this entire week. Like yeah. it's possible. You just got to do it the right way. Yeah. I didn't realize how much trout guides go for. <laughs> <laughs> like some, someone was telling me that, like how much they spent on a trout trip. And I was like, Oh, well, um, fun fact, you can trash, you can trash, you can travel internationally. <laughs> so if 
you know, and some people do this, right? Oh, I can't do it. It's just too expensive. And and what they're saying is, uh, I'm, I'm scared. And like, that's okay. Like yeah, th- yeah. that is, but the money sometimes is a front. But, but you're trying to remove that barrier. I want to remove that barrier because I, I think there is a world out there that we have been privileged to see. Um, and, and really, you know, you've, we've gotten to make some cool relationships. We've gotten to see corners of the world. And again, just kind of riffing off on that thing of like, if, if memories are the only thing we have in this world that kind of appreciate over time, like surely we should be like inspiring other people to go harvest those same things. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I want to, I want to tell that story. I want to tell it right. Uh, you know, we've now, I think our game is up, right? Like between the, the, the shooting you did in, Bel- uh, in Belize to, to Columbia, um, to where we are with the cameras we run. Um, I, I just think it, I hope I'm not wrong, but I, ho- I think the timing's right. I, yeah. th- I think we can do what I'm thinking is like with Dan's, this was the, the Dan Payne film. It was a seriously unserious film. Mm. And, and what I want, uh, this one to be is I want it to be a, really pretty scruffy film right it's it needs to show the grit and the 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 corner cuts and all that kind of stuff that go along with each trip but also in a way that's like visually um stunning because i i, I did like when we were all watching the films last night i'd never seen one of ours on the big screen before, i hadn't either and that was something was i was really like cool. i was like oh my gosh like the like the stuff we shot in louisiana george it was like Oh, that looks really good. That's <laughs> that, that looks really good it looks on a great. big screen. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't understand physics that well. I was like, how did one of these shots look grainy on my laptop and just sexy 24 feet wide? Like, yeah. wow, how is this possible? It must have been those IPAs they were serving up <laughs> at the film tour. So is the... Is, international trip is that is that what you guys are talking about doing the story about you guys yeah i, I think international makes the most sense probably flavored of some domestic stuff yeah you know can, so, and do you know where you're going yet we've we've looked back at the yucatan again there's some pretty cool areas down there that uh you know kind of in our, our scruffy nature i would say allows us to kind of do a pretty swanky True trip, diy but a real diy <laughs> way right yeah so there's other places in the world you can kind of do a similar type of trip that's just you know gonna cost a lot and it's tough to do but this trip, I feel like we can do and make it look, you know, attainable because it is. And there's some really cool species down there that on some untouched areas that I think it'll be a really fun time and it should be fun. Yeah, we're not going to tell you the city, Ben. I'm not going <laughs> to put that on the record. I think I know it. Stop, stop. I thought we were going to Cuba, but I guess stop our, me. our relations with well, Cuba. Well, that is have... always on the table, I would say. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it really is. I'm not I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm this like, no, incredible. it's it's the freaking um, the, the COVID stuff. Uh Cuba has tried to really like lock out uh, COVID, mm-hmm. and so um, it and is capitalism. The, no, they're actually doing a bad job at that. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, they uh, last year they um, unnationalized a large part of their workforce. Um, huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, Cuba is fastly like becoming like China, communist in name but market in practice. Um, it just yeah, it, it, it's still in a very interesting place to be. But um, but yeah, like when we've been to Cuba. Stayed in Airbnbs, uh, ate at private restaurants. Oh, no, no like, we went in 2016 before it like technically was opened up to Americans. How'd you do that? <laughs> a couple loopholes, but um, you know you have to go down with either. Um, there was 12 reasons, right? Yeah, there's there's 12 validated reasons, and for the record, we were we had we, we followed the the rules to a T. Yeah, and they've created some you know uh, programs now like people to people things like that. It allows you to get down there for, if it's support of the Cuban people. For whatever purpose mm. or reason, you can get down there and then 
Bonefish Tarpon Trust has a, a visa that can kind of get you down there too for you know research and educational studies, things like that. But, did you? Did, is that how you guys got down there? Was a, was a research visa? Yeah. So yeah. did you have to tag fish and stuff while you were there? Um, you didn't have to. I mean, you know, we brought stuff with us, tags, things like that that we could do. But um, really, it's just you know making sure you're not going down there just to vacation and hang out for no yeah. no no good of the common the common calls, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, an amazing country. I mean, one of the coolest places we've been. One of the, the most pristine flats I've ever fished to this day for sure. Um, imagine more <clears throat> Americans haven't beat it up yet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, imagine throwing a, a weighted fly on the back of a brown trout and it's spinning around and being like, "Oh, I should eat that." Yeah. That's wow. Cuban bonefishing because right. I did it once. I, I hit, I hit a fish in the scared. back. Yeah, I hit it's a fish Louisiana in the back. Louisiana bonefish. Yeah. I hit one in the back and it spun around and I ate the fly. And yeah. I was like, "What is wrong with you? Yeah, I don't deserve this." <laughs> Um, but, but it, yeah, it's like George, it is a, it a, it's a wonderful experience. You know, when, when you're in Cuba, you realize that the animosity that you think they have, that Cuban people have for America, that's not real. Um, the, the programs that the U S is trying to do, I, I think they actually do work. You're, you're basically going as a uh, ambassador of capitalism. That's, that's what yeah. you go down there to do. Um, mm. it's, it's called the support of the Cuban Cuban people, but they want you to support diplomacy and make sure that none of your cash can be connected to the Cuban government. And because of these private reforms they've had in Cuba, it's actually pretty easy to do that. Mm. Airbnb, that's money just to to a local Cuban. Um, You eat in local restaurants, that's cash to only local Cubans. You know, paying your fishing guide cash, you know, that's supporting literally a Cuban employee with dollars. Like, um, one of the, that's one of the, um, you just can't support the commies. You, you can't. You can't roll up in the. Uh, you can't go to the the federal museum and and spend some dollars. But that is there is a fun ironic point there. The Cuban economy works on dollars. Really, U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. So you. you That's come, what they spend down there. They they have their own currency, uh, but it's 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 based on the U.S. dollar. Really? Yeah. Well, we're the reserve currency, right? Isn't isn't like we are, but but you would think that this uber duber you know communist country would like base it on like the you know gold and, yeah or something something besides evil old america but sure enough um they they have uh, they've changed it recently but they they used to have a two currency system uh money for the cuban people money for tourists mm. and the tourist money was literally pegged one for one to the dollar and i was like that's just ironic you yeah. know <laughs> yeah that you're basically spending american dollars down there but they're converted to cuban pesos but what else is going on anything anything new and exciting that people need to know about i love seeing you guys i'm glad we're here it's beautiful i'm glad that we uh, got to see our stuff on the big screen finally that was impactful wish we had another week here man i know it's such a cool place let's come back in the summer yeah we we definitely should we should shoot something up here i shot some stuff yesterday on the madison it's you can't you can't point your camera to bad i was i was wondering that i was like can you get a bad shot up there i I don't think you can Unless your buddy casts a fly line into the drone propeller. <laughs> that shot didn't look great. Or did it? <laughs> exactly. Oh, That's some, some Dan's pain vibes right there. Well, I, I'm, I think um, the stuff that you guys are, are doing with your films is is amazing. And I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. I, I, think, I don't think you need me anymore, though. You guys are kicking ass and making great stuff. And uh, no, we're we, just we, the young grasshoppers. Feels I feel like you kind of showed us the way. Like you made it look that it was possible when you started mm-hmm. doing this filmmaking thing. We're like, you know, we could bring a phone and a camera and like a little digital camera, and we'll figure it out, right? And then you're like, oh no, this is how you do it. I'm like, shit, okay, this is possible. <laughs> yeah, I never learned how to use iMovie. How about that? Yeah. I, I went straight into Final Cut Pro. There was no baby steps. It was just like, hey, you're in the deep end. Start swimming. Yeah, yeah. and and that's where we've been. So no, we we are deeply appreciative. Uh, appreciative for, for all you've given up for for these things and and um no we're, we're still going to collaborate because we got to have daddy fields with us 
<laughs> You're not going anywhere, Fields. <laughs> well, I love you guys. I'm glad we got to glad we got to do this. Yeah, this is fun. I appreciate it a lot. We'll see you. Uh, I don't know the southeast sometime, maybe in another country. I don't know. We we may we may have to do a podcast live from the Yucatan. Let's go somewhere warm. I love Summer it. Warm. Let's yeah. do it. Let's I love do it, it, man. Take care, fellas. <laughs> All right, guys.